This is the Rich Eisen Show. Who's got it better than us? No Are you bracing yourself for this game this weekend? They go victory formation, 42-27. Michigan will defeat Ohio State and head to Indianapolis for a Big Ten title. Who's got it better than us? No Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Earlier on the show, Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. Coming up, Fox Sports college football analyst Bruce Feldman. Plus, your phone calls, Monday Night Football preview, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We've already had Russell Wilson on this program. He's playing a Monday Night Football game tonight to wrap up week number 12 uh, in the National Football League. I'll be hosting the Westwood One uh, pregame and halftime coverage. Halftime, uh, Ian Rappaport, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, will be joining me on that one. And uh, maybe I'll invite him on tomorrow's show. We'll see if he'll, if he'll, if he'll hop on. Because uh, I'm just basically feeling I'm, I'm feeling everything right now. I'm, I'm the, nobody could keep me down. Uh, as you know, um, uh, my alma mater took care of business against Ohio State for the first time in forever, to use a frozen phrase. Uh, Chris Brockman is in your in his spot. So what's is Mike Del Tufo. T.J. Jefferson uh, in his spot right here in hour number three. We'll do overreaction Monday. Yes, you're pointing to your New York Mets hat. There's been a big signing for Max Scherzer as a New York Met. Um, so we'll talk about that in this third hour. But turning to my right, I see an in-studio guest from Fox Sports and The Athletic, uh, one of the top uh, in his profession, covering college sports. Good to see you here in person, Bruce Feldman. How are you? Good to see you in person, Rich. Thank you. Thank you for coming in here. So uh, Lincoln Riley is here in Southern California today. We saw him coming off the plane in the beautiful golden light of Southern California wearing the SC shirt. It's so jarring to me, and I have no emotional ties to Oklahoma whatsoever. How in the world did this happen? This is a crazy whirlwind, Rich, because it's not just a USC-Oklahoma thing. Remember, for about two weeks, there were a lot of people speculating and some some reports about how Lincoln Riley was going to be announced as the new head coach at LSU. Right. Scott Woodward, the AD there, he's the big, splashy hire guy. And everybody thought he was going to get him a ridiculous amount of money. And what I was reporting was, he's not going to go there. And I had honestly thought after hearing that, the only place Lincoln Riley would, would leave OU for was the NFL. At some point, that may happen. Uh, yesterday morning, Sunday morning, I get a call around 9 o'clock our time, 11 a.m. Uh, Oklahoma time. Lincoln Riley looks like he wants to take the USC job. And I was like, wait a minute. Seriously? That like that didn't add up to me for a while. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, then I got a call. Like I put something out on social media about it. And I just was like, all right, this is going to sound crazy. And because to me, it kind of did. Because I was like, this is USC. They always seem to bumble their way into things and screw stuff up, they will not be able to hire Lincoln Riley away from Oklahoma. And then an hour later, I got a call saying, yeah, he's meeting with the president of OU, and this is going down. It just blew my mind because it, you know, it was supposed to be LSU that was going to make the splashy hire, right. not USC. Well, credit to USC, they pulled off a huge coup. And when you, if you ever think about it, USC's never, even when they hired Pete Carroll, that was like their fifth choice. It worked out great. Yes, it did. But this is huge for not just USC, it's huge for the Pac-12 as well. So before we get to that, let's linger on the Oklahoma part of it because, you know, I was talking in the the last hour, Bruce, that um, when Oklahoma and Texas left or announced they were going to leave for the SEC, we were all just praising how it was on the, uh, the, before the curve. They were, they are ahead of their times and, 
and Oklahoma being in the SEC now is just going to be a boon. And um, why doesn't Oklahoma uh, serve as an attractive spot for Lincoln Riley anymore? It's not like the recruits aren't coming. All the top-notch recruits that he had have just become the decommit and sending out the googly eyes about, you know, hey, maybe I'll follow coach somewhere now. So why did things fall apart with Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma like from, that? From what I've been told, a big part of the appeal was he can come out here and you can dominate this league, right? USC, we all know the great history it has. I mean, it has the Heisman quarterbacks. It has Marcus and Ronnie Lott and Anthony Munoz, and you go on the list, sure. William McGinnis, your guy. It's loaded. But I think unlike the other, you know, and whether it's you look at the Blue Blood programs, Alabama, Ohio State, whoever, they all have like a counter, right? Alabama, great program. Obviously what Nick Saban's done there, but there's Auburn, A&M, LSU, Georgia. There's a lot of competing for that. Ohio State, they got Michigan. They got Penn State. It's like you're not you're on relatively equal footing. USC, there is no equal footing out here, right? You are better positioned. You're in a very fertile recruiting base, which, as you mentioned, most of those 2023 class, which Lincoln Riley had committed at OU, the guys are all Southern California guys. So he has recruited out here extremely well. So he knows the landscape. He also knows that the way this conference is set up, being the Pac-12, you got Oregon's recruiting well with Mario Cristobal. Chip Kelly's getting a little bit of momentum now that they're 8-4 and four at UCLA. Right. But the rest of the league, look at it. I mean, you got... Arizona, Colorado, major rebuild. Cal, Washington now, major rebuild. I mean, these are real problems. And I think Lincoln Riley goes, I can dominate that league. And I think that in the appeal with the chance to rebuild a storied brand as USC, I think that was all very enticing. So Oklahoma joining the SEC when it's all said and done, got the wheels spinning in Lincoln Riley's head about getting out? I mean, is that the way we can actually connect these dots because, again, it's not a facilities issue. It's not a name issue. It's not a brand issue. It's not like they're not going to get on TV issue. I mean, normally those are the top issues for any coach to say, I got to get out of here. It's not a recruiting issue. It's not like you can't get the top recruits issue. It's not a money issue. He told the Dallas Cowboys no, basically, to stay where he is. I, you know, it, it's kind of the only thing left is like, yeah, I don't want to compete in the SEC. It's easier to compete out here. So why not go and move mm -hmm. my family to – is there a family tie to Southern California? Like, Not to there... my knowledge, because I know he and his wife, they're, they're small-town Texas people, you right. know, and he, they have two young daughters. So the idea of moving, making a big move, and it is a big move. Of course it is. Um, is not insignificant, right? So I think that when you look at this, by the way, he's almost making $8 million a year. The cost of living, you and I both live out here yeah. compared to Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> sure. I'm guessing, I'm guessing, because the USC is a private school, he probably is cracking double digits in the millions. Well, I'm to, sure to the people here. whose check Mike Tomlin said wasn't large enough is definitely large enough for, for Lincoln Riley. But again, I'm just trying to hone down that essentially from what I'm hearing that the move that we were lauding Oklahoma and Texas for taking because it was ahead of a curve to go to the SEC essentially is something that Lincoln Riley decided was not his bag and his bag was better out here. Yeah, we'll see. Lincoln Riley's going to meet with the media later today. We're going to go over there at, I think, 3 o'clock. We'll see how he kind of explains it. But I think, again, part of the appeal of why a lot of coaches have felt like, even in spite of cost of living right. and, and some questionable you know, uh, issues around the program, and it's not like USC is very good right now either. This is a legit rebuild, right? So 
I think the big appeal though is it is positioned so much ahead of almost everything else in its conference. So to flip it the way you are, I don't think that would be wrong. Bruce Feldman here on the Rich Eisen Show. So we had a caller call in from Oklahoma, and he basically was talking like the sky was falling. Recruits are leaving. You know, Bob Stoops is here. I mean, there's an article on The Athletic today by one of your colleagues talking about players not even knowing if they're practicing this week or what's going on, and that he's, you know, this fan was afraid that this is the end of the Oklahoma run or brand, and I'm, you know, I try to counsel him against the sky falling, but what is your boots-on-the-ground sense of what is happening in Oklahoma today and the, the steps forward? I think the part that's probably troubling, especially for, uh, for fans like that, is in this day and age, because of the transfer portal, it, guys can leave without penalty. And that's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's like you have Caleb Williams, who's a, a budding star at quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, we know Spencer Rattler is already in the portal. We expected him. That's not surprising. But does Caleb Williams eventually decide he wants to come continue playing for, for Lincoln Riley at USC? He's spent a bunch of time out here as, in his quarterback development stuff. So it's like, do some of those guys decide, hey, we want to go there too? We expect a big portion of the Oklahoma staff to also join him at USC. So I can see why it's really concerning um, for fans who are looking like, where do we go from here? Because as you look, and I did a story on this this morning for the Athletic on, who are they going to get? You know, Matt Campbell's a really, really good coach at Iowa State. He's a three-time Big 12 Coach of the Year. He's beaten Lincoln Riley twice and almost beat him a third time where in Norman, they think they lost by one point. He's really good. He was a guy USC was really looking hard at before Lincoln Riley jumped at this offer. So does Oklahoma say, hey, we'd love to have Matt Campbell. We feel like he, he, he'd be a great fit here. I think that would play probably pretty well. After you get past that, it was like, you know, Barry Switzer is obviously the godfather of Oklahoma football. I know he really likes Mike Leach, a former assistant to Bob Stoops. Does, do they try to bring Leach back? Do they try to hire Lane? Um, the other thing is the AD there, who's a really good AD, he's made two major football hires. Lincoln Riley's one, Bob Stoops the other. What do they both have in common? Offense guy, defense guy. They were both not head coaches. Maybe they try to hire. There's some good defensive coordinators out there. Maybe they make them be a first-time head coach. So I wouldn't rule, like, completely think, Oklahoma football has been really good for a, you know through a bunch of coaches. I think it'll still be really good. As you said, they have a lot of resources, but this is definitely a big pause for them right now. Well, I mean, go ahead. You ask that question because there's the uh, Southwest. Uh, there, there's the uh, the SWAC coach of the yeah, year. Yeah, what about right? Dion? What do you think? He, you know what? You're right. He is the SWAC. I mean, look, credit to him. He has done a he, he's, he's done a very good job, time, man. And you know, and he's you know he's out there. He's out there with his toe up in the air you know i don't know so, if 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 he's the fit that they want necessarily i don't know that he isn't right you know like i don't know if he wants if, if he'd want to do that i don't know if he'd want to do it i mean does he sit and wait and, and and look and see what the landscape is i mean i don't know he's he is definitely a wild card coaching hire um i don't know i mean it's i'll say this and i work with some nfl network guy former nfl network guys and obviously you are one yeah. um Dion as a head coach doesn't seem as far-fetched for a college, big college mm-hmm. job as it did two months ago. That's all I'll say. Well, and I'll say this too: um, I, I I don't understand what the what the issue is against you know hiring him, uh, other than the fact that he hasn't done it before. I mean, the guys or a lot. Uh, I mean, 
Look, he's, uh, he's not he, a guy. He's, I, I, honestly, Florida State should have jumped at the chance to get him when they did. And I understand that there's always these people like, well, he hasn't had this, he hasn't had that. He he knows football, and he knows how to talk to kids, and he knows how to be passionate about it, and he knows how to drive passion as well. And and he knows how to coach. I think the challenge with that, and I think this is the challenge with, with, with NFL guys. I'm not saying that this is necessarily Dion. Right. But like I think one of the things is, there's a lot of guys who were like, I don't want to recruit like that. Meaning it's recruiting is in the NFL. There is mm-hmm. coaches doing, I'm not saying they don't work hard. They don't work 365 days a year to have to deal with recruiting. Right. right? And so I think the question was going to be how committed is, are you going to be to being all in for all consuming stuff? Right. It's not mm-hmm. to say he doesn't know football. It's certainly not to say he doesn't have connections or any of those things. Yeah. It's just recruiting is a beast in college football in terms of that. Look, he's he's done a really good job there. He deserves credit for that. Bruce Feldman here on the Rich Eisen Show from Fox Sports and The Athletic. So tell me, what uh, what are people saying in the uh, coaching or uh, valuation or any community whatsoever about the Michigan win over Ohio State? What's the I knew we were going to get to this at some point. What's um, the sense in the 48 hours since the, uh, the Michigan W? There's a lot of people who have had to eat crow because they had written off Jim Harbaugh. Yep. They either forgot what he did at Stanford and the Niners or they just thought he had kind of lost his way, right? And I think he deserves credit for this first and foremost. He reshuffled his staff. Josh Gaddis, really young offense coordinator, has done a really good job. Mike McDonald, who almost nobody heard of before when he was on John's staff as an assistant with the Ravens, has been a fantastic addition, right? And so those are young guys who have played well. I think the thing that impressed me the most was watching the game they, you know, we have Charles Woodson on our on our show at Fox yeah. talking about, like, I think people felt like this needed to be Villanova against Georgetown because, oh, Ohio State's offense is unbeatable and everything. And it didn't need to be Villanova-Georgetown where they had to play a perfect game, right? We saw McNamara throw the pick. I'm sure you were wincing on your couch when you saw that. Yes. Got momentum. It goes away. And the reality was they were the more physical team. This felt in a lot of ways like what Jim Harbaugh did to people when he was at Stanford. He ran it down their throats. Yes. I thought Gaddis did a really good job. He implemented a bunch of stuff that that his buddy Joe Moorhead, the co- the offense coordinator at Oregon, did when they whipped Ohio State and Columbus in September. They exploited a lot of issues on the on the defensive side of the ball. Where quite honestly, Ohio State is very shaky. The other thing that I think was you know really impressive, not just Aiden Hutchinson, but both defensive ends really got after that. Jabo, them. yeah. And oh, Jabo, by the way, I, I don't know if anybody talked about it, but he he did the LeBron, what the silencer that, yeah. thing. You know, and we also know the team that LeBron roots for. It was really fantastic. Everything from beginning to end. And 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 you're right. I thought they did have to play a perfect game to beat Ohio State. Every mistake that was being made, I turned to my kids and I'm like, that's exactly the thing Michigan can't do. They can't interfere with somebody with a fair catch. They can't let this third and 20 be converted. They can't every single time that that did happen and they took the blow, they were the one to punch back the third quarter, the halftime adjustments. That was Michigan's time to shine. And they did it. And this whole series lately has been, well, Ryan day's got something cooked up and Michigan can't adjust because they only know one way to do it. That wasn't the case this time around. And then by the fourth quarter, Hassan Haskins was literally setting up shop in Columbus, Ohio and saying, who's on, who, who wants some of this business? I loved it, man. I loved every second of yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure. Like this was this was a vintage Harbaugh game 
And I think it was a reminder, hey, right. the, Michigan has the best defensive player in the game, by the way. Aiden Hutchinson. That had not, that's not been that case in a long time. Correct. And what I thought was very cool, and I remember seeing this, Josh Ross, who's a linebacker there, is a good player. And you have guys, obviously Aiden Hutchinson, legacy guy, his dad, his both parents went there. I was at the school. I mean, I don't okay. remember so you, but you know the, But talking to Josh Ross in the summer, you could feel the passion and almost the embarrassment of how it looked last year. And I think what you had was some real leaders inside the locker room who deserve a lot of credit for how they responded and what it means to them. And I thought that was really cool. Just I, I would have loved to, like the stuff I talked to Josh Ross about in the summer mm -hmm. really kind of came back to me seeing how they played. And I thought that was a really, you know, it's a really cool thing for the Big Ten to see how Michigan I don't want to say Michigan's going to win a national title. I mean, they can't afford to stub their toe this weekend. And, That's correct. You know, come down. But I just thought um, a lot of stuff must have come out of people emotionally this weekend and that scene. And, you know, just to see, I mean, just from watching it from the studio, snowfall, you know, you saw the energy of it. I mean, that was that was a pretty magical day in Ann Arbor. Well, I mean, Iowa's got some maize and blue pelts on the wall from years past trying to, you know, ruining Michigan uh, national title hopes I mean, just everyone just Google the name Chuck Long if you want. So obviously every Michigan fan, including myself, who is truly, you know, high stepping right now in a couple of days, we'll just have to take a beat and see what happens this Saturday. Before I let you go, Bruce Feldman, let's talk about these na these uh, conference championship games this Saturday and how it all is going to play out uh, with some quick hitters right here. Alabama must win to get in, right? There's no way they sit down somebody with one loss or zero losses no, over, I can't. over a two-loss Alabama. Honestly, like it could be one of those SEC classics on CBS last four and a half hours. We're all tweeting about it. Four overtimes, and it's been phenomenal. And Georgia's giving him, you know, they're giving Georgia the best game Georgia could ever have, and they, they lose uh, on a last-second kick or something like that or anything, right? I mean, Right, I don't think so. Alabama has one really good win against Ole Miss. They've had three... Really close calls this week against Auburn, LSU, and Florida. None of those teams are very good, okay. and they barely beat them. But the other thing is, think about the scenario you just played out. Now tell Kirby Smart, yeah, you beat them. They really haven't. They don't have much of a resume. But now you got to beat them again because it's going to be a one-four matchup. I don't see how the committee would, okay. would do that. All right, so uh, Alabama wins and gets in, correct? Oh yeah. All right, and then what happens? Who who gets set? If you have, then you'd have Georgia would still go. You'd have two right. one-loss teams from the SEC. They correct. might be the one and two seeds at that point. Uh, I think if Michigan wins the Big Ten, they're going. I think they would be the next spot. I think Cincinnati, I think, and there's some people who disagree with it, I think if Cincinnati wins, I think Cincinnati is in. They would beat a Houston team that's a top 25 team. It's a one-loss team. They have one of the best wins, by the way, in the regular season. They went to South Bend. They yeah, beat Notre Dame by 11 points. Yeah. Got to give them credit for that. I think that win is better than anything else at a one-loss Oklahoma State team out of the Big 12. If they win, I, I they're going to play Baylor. Baylor's good, but I just don't. Th I don't think the committee would take a one-loss Oklahoma State over an undefeated Cincinnati with Cincinnati having that Notre Dame win. But that would be the discussion there. So then, which which teams do you think are rooting hardest for Iowa this weekend? Uh, you know, obviously, because that would open up a spot, right? That the Big would, Ten yeah, would get it, nobody in. I think Baylor and certainly Oklahoma State are going to root hard to see Michigan fall because I think if two loss Baylor beats Oklahoma State, they might have an they might have an argument at least to say, hey, we should be ahead of one loss Notre Dame that's not a conference champ that's eleven and one that really doesn't have much. 
know, it's not their fault, but they're, the teams they've beaten have not been very good. Virginia Tech, USC, Stanford, those teams have been way down this year. Um, you know, Purdue, that's their best one. So I think it really is, it helps the Big 12 immeasurably if Michigan gets knocked off. Right. It certainly helps Cincinnati. I mean, they don't they don't need them there either. I mean, I think those are the teams that would improve the most. And certainly if you're Notre Dame, you want to see Michigan out of there, even though the way it sets up, you know, like it would have been better for them if Wisconsin was in that game mm-hmm. because then if Wisconsin beats them, you know, Notre Dame has a convincing win over Wisconsin, which now Iowa doesn't do anything for that. So does Michigan. Right. They do. So so um, so Michigan beats Iowa. Alabama beats Georgia. Cincinnati wins. So you that, that sets up where Georgia plays Cincinnati and Michigan plays Alabama, right? Maybe. I'd, I'd well, be interested they, to see. They're not going to send Alabama taking on Georgia again, right? No, they wouldn't. I think the question is going to be who's the one-two there. I mean, if Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia's resume is not going to look as great anymore. Remember, like, who have they beaten? They got Clemson, which was a 10-3 game. Clemson's not very good this year. Right. It's not like Georgia's going to have— like so you're Georgia, saying Michigan would be the one seed? No, I'm or, not saying that. Okay. I think Alabama might leapfrog to number one at that point. And so Michigan will play Georgia? Yeah, I don't know if you want that matchup. Dude, I'm taking any matchup right now. <laughs> yeah, you, you should. You should. Me? You're right. You should. Let's go. I mean, who wants a piece of this right now? Uh, you could say Georgia would. Fine. That's great. I mean, right now, uh, they get past Iowa. You, there's no house that's any money. That You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're looking I, over my friends. No, I'm just like, I, this is going to be tough for you guys for, for well, a while. I know he's a Georgia guy over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, bring it. Maybe something, be careful what you wish for. But any game that's in a national championship semifinal, I'll yeah. be drunk. It's New Year's Eve anyway, right? You will. So, God okay, bless you for that. Me. And I, I, look, I it think it doesn't matter. I'm drinking. I'm drinking. The Montepulciano will be flowing regardless. Flowing. I think the thing that or will the, probably the in, Woodson Cabernet get it going even further is the fact that if Alabama beats Georgia, yes. I think then all of a sudden it's a little bit like seeing Mike Tyson get hit by Buster Douglas. It's like, ooh, that defense. You know, they're vulnerable or right. whatever. So I think right. there is an element of you know it. Ble- you know, the predator it bleeds now, and I because right now everybody looks at Georgia as like. You know, talk to an NFL scout. There's like three waves of guys in the front seven. Right. So that's the thing, the scary thing. But again, they haven't played anybody yet, and it, I I just think that the matchup against the, Michigan's run game is so good, and the offensive line is playing really well. It's just man, Georgia's going to be Georgia's a scary team in the if you're going to just try to run the ball against. Before them. I let you go, who's the Heisman Trophy winner? I hate this question. Um, Sorry. No, I mean, I, yeah, I, it's I, I, I right. No, I'm. There's not a right now. If you ask me, Will Anderson, who has 29 and a half TFLs, he's the best player in Alabama, even better than Bryce Young. It's hard to say, you know, right now, if you ask me who my top four would be, it's yes. this mix of Will Anderson. I think Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan deserves to be there. I think Kenneth Walker, the running back from Michigan State, deserves to be in there. Yep. And I think, look, if Bryce Young's going to get his chance. If Bryce Young beats, this is the quarterback of Alabama, freshman, he's been terrific. If he beats Georgia, I think Bryce Young wins the Heisman. If not, you know, I don't see like, a, you know, Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral quarterbacks at, at Ole Miss and Pitt have had really strong years. I don't think they're going to win it. I think they are they have a chance to get there. It's, I don't know, this to me, this to me is the wildest Heisman year because I think you'll get a bunch of people voting for defensive guys, but you may get like four different guys, you know, Jordan Davis at Georgia and Kobe mm-hmm. Dean at Georgia. They may split whatever votes a defensive yeah. guy is going to get. I mean, it'll come down to this weekend. And 
you know, what if Hassan Haskins runs for 230 yeah. yards this weekend? <laughs> right. Right. All of a sudden it starts to feel like what Ezekiel Elliott did when he was at Ohio yeah. State. He wasn't even like an all-conference back, but he ran wild in the postseason. When it mattered, yeah. Yeah. When so, it mattered. We'll see. When Cardell Jones was uh, dominating too, and everybody thought, uh, when people didn't think it was going to happen, right? Oh my gosh, the, the mere fact that we're having having this conversation. So we're entering the final weekend of, of, of play, with all due respect to Army-Navy game, obviously, that we look forward to after that. Where the Heisman's up in the air, and the only thing we really know for sure is Georgia's in the Final Four. Yes, right? that is that's fair. It. Say, yeah, that's, that's it. it. How about that? It's fun. Look, it's different this year. Every year we have, in recent years, we've had Clemson. They're not in. We've had your arch nemesis, Ohio State. They're not in. Yeah, I've heard that. You know, like, so we may not get Alabama in it. Right. So it's like, there's a lot of new blood here. I think that's not a bad thing. And then since, you know, since you know facts and, and you're a reporter and you're, you you tell everything straight, uh, Ohio State's not in, why? What happened? To knock them out? What happened to knock them out? Uh, they got beat by Oregon, and yeah. then they got beat by somebody else in the Big Ten. Yeah, very good. We won't even give me the name. Well, you know, you don't need <laughs> that it. That school on. up north or the team up north or whatever the hell it is. I do need it. I do need it. I want to hear it, and it's so funny. Just like you don't No, because Michigan them. whipped them. They were you, the more physical team. They were, thank right? you. By the way, that's a new drop on the show. Very good. Thank you. Uh, you're the best, Bruce Feldman. Thanks for coming here in person. Good Let's you. have you. I'll, I'll have you on later on this month, and then hopefully uh, next month or whenever you're willing to come. An easy drive, Bruce Feldman. Check it out. Uh, check him out on the Athletic as well as uh, on Fox Sports. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Overreaction Monday when we come back and more of your phone calls. Hey, folks! It's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Run tell that. Rich Eisen power rankings. We just had a caller asking me about ranking NFL teams one through five. You can sneak the Chiefs in there five, maybe. Dude, you could sneak the Chiefs in at five, but I'll put the Bucks in at five. I'll, the Bucks would, I, I would, 
once again, let me tell you all something about the Bucks. Anybody who thinks the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are down or beatable or blah, 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 blah. Got it. Noted. Noted. It's like that gif from uh, The Office. Write it down in the book and close the book. Noted. Noted. It's a little B.J. Novak reference for you right there. (laughs) Got it. Somebody's going to have to beat them in January or February. Who's that going to be? Oh, well, the Cardinals look like X, Y, and Z. Wow, the Packers just look like this. Oh, wow. I mean, look, the Patriots are doing this. Wow, I mean, the Chiefs are doing that. Ravens are doing this. Bills look good. Week to week, week, blah, blah, blah. That's all talk week to week. Push comes to shove. There will be a time in 2022 where somebody is going to take the field against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a winner goes on, loser goes home contest and is going to have to beat Tom Brady. It's not just the defense. It's not Obviously, the offense were yesterday. Leonard Fournette came to the fore and goes, yeah, hey, you know what, everybody? Uh, Jonathan Taylor's doing great, but you know, I, 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 I can do that too. It was his time. It was his time. And that helped Tom Brady erase along with a Shaq Barrett. What a huge play. Because Wentz was carving up the Bucks defense up 10. And Shaq Barrett came in with the trifecta, the sack, forced fumble, and personal recovery of said fumble. Yeah, he got it. And that started a 17 unanswered run of points by the Bucs, which was enough to overcome the eventual Jonathan Taylor MVP-type drive where he had eight carries for 53 yards on a 10-play drive. He had eight carries, including the score. That was an MVP draft. We're going to just saddle up our MVP running back against one of the best run defenses in the league and tie the game. But then uh, Tom Brady had, you know what, time. We've already seen the Tom versus time, haven't we? He wins it every time, doesn't he? More often than not. Tom Brady yesterday, I asked NFL Network Research this question as he was in the process of doing what we all knew he was going to do, which was come up with the game-winning fourth-quarter drive. In Indianapolis, I asked him, how many of those has he had in Indianapolis? Back came the answer. This was his third career, which is the most ever against the Colts in any of their buildings, including Baltimore back in the day. And I asked, I'm like, so that's the most by any opponent against the Colts in their building. I asked, how many other places do you have that record for? Good question. Yeah, because I only asked those. How many other places do you have that record for? Well, he's got three such drives in the building against the Jets and the building against the Giants. So you put them together, and okay. that's the most ever in the history of the Meadowlands slash okay. MetLife. Okay. But neither of those three are a record. Oh, okay. okay. Neither of those three are a record. There's other, other quarterbacks who have done that. They're tied with it with Brady against the Jets, at the Jets, against the Giants, at the Giants. How about at the Giants too, right? Isn't that, Isn't that wild? Yeah, weird. You want to take a guess where he's gotten the most, where he holds the record? So as the visitor. As the visitor. He's got four against them in this building. It's very simple. Staring you right I was gonna say Buffalo. in the face. Correct. Correct. Tom Brady. Somebody's going to have to beat him. 
and, um, you know, sort if he's down in the fourth. Someone's going to have to beat him. Just remember that when we're going through power rankings and all that, where they are and all that. Just one day in January, or if you're lucky enough, February, you're going to have that opportunity. Someone's going to have to do it. And I'll believe it when I see it. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Are you ready for overreaction Monday, Christopher? Do you want to take you a take, break oh, oh, okay. and do it in you the last finale? segment? Is it finale? Yeah, yeah, let's do the finale. Do the the I, don't want, I don't want to rush through it in five minutes. Right. You know what I mean? Okay, let's take a break. We'll come back. Overreaction. What are you so upset with? I was all ready for it. I was excited. So now you're gonna have to now oh, you're now you're gonna right. have to now you're gonna have to play the music to go to break. Yes, you yeah, got that so ready. Re get excited. So Mike, difficult. <laughs> so difficult. Go. I was excited. Mike, He's actually not paying attention. Like, not everything's like an MLS cast for Little Fox where you can just go actually, to sleep was, and set the I levels. I was on Big wow. Fox Thursday and Friday. My bad. Big Fox. Both you gotta days. stay alive. Look alive. Oh. I'm alive. <laughs> Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle. O-O-O-O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. I just said the words taint bowl. That just happened. Okay, you missed it. Uh, so I just said it again. Hey, when was the last time you really considered your dream? Uh, and wow. it's an interesting question that I pose that because... Um, no, your dreams. Man. Well, I mean, my dream is quite alive, sir. Um, it's quite alive. Uh, but maybe you haven't thought about the way you want to live life, the way that you thought you should live life, the way that you maybe you can live life in a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter because Mercedes-Benz vans wants you to know that if you want to go and live the van life and go find your spirit somewhere in the woods or go visit all 423 national park sites, you want to start your own business. That's maybe the most important thing, certainly, in this day and age. Start your own business. Mercedes-Benz van has got a premium ride for you. You can expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist, blind spot assist. Expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, and an available gas engine. So what do you say? Head to your Mercedes-Benz van dealership and get that Sprinter and tell them your dreams sent you. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We'll take your phone calls uh, best we can to end up the show, but 
we've been pushing this back and back and back, and it's time to stop doing that. Certainly since Mike Del Tufo's got the Mike, drop. Are you right ready? I'm, I'm ready. Oh, Hit it, Mike Del Tufo. Hit it. That was terrible. That was crap. That was garbage. This place sucks. Overreaction. Mondays. Monday. Christopher, what do you have for me on this overreaction All right, Monday, sir? Fellas, uh, big game in Green Bay yesterday. Packers take out the Rams. My overreaction is this. Odell made a mistake not signing with the Packers. Yeah, that's an overreaction right now. I, I, I don't know... Um, how much of a difference um, it would be in terms of the football X's and O's other than the fact that, you know, what you hear about the offer, contractually, what have you, Green Bay's not Los Angeles, and that might have been the deciding factor, to be very honest with you. And so, football-wise, if you wanted to win a trophy, you could sit here and say that's an appropriate way to react, that he's in a spot where, um, you know, uh, he'll be watching Green Bay move on. But there's more than just uh, X's and O's in football, I guess. Christopher, that's my way of looking at that. I did love the super pettiness from Devontae Adams. Odell reportedly asked him for a jersey after the game, and he told, this is according to Irv, told Odell, go ask Cooper Cup since that's who you wanted to be with anyway. Well, he said that, he'd see, he, he did say that to Irv in the conversation. Yeah, pretty funny. You know, he asked him if, if he actually asked if he helped recruit or was part of the recruiting of Odell Beckham. And... Um, but he, he he's tight with Odell and Odell yeah, he, made he his, apparently said Odell made anyway, his choice and, and and I I think we should still just wait a beat but when all push does come to shove you might be proven correct with that uh, assumption. Please. All right, follow up to this. We talked about the Rams uh, in the beginning of the show. If the Rams miss the playoffs, yes, McVay is going to be in the hot seat. How do they miss the playoffs, man? I think it could be very likely. No, I don't think it's likely at all, Chris. I think the 49ers take the second spot, and the AFC West only gets two teams. Well, I think the NFC West is going to get three. And right now, that 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 the cliff right now is a five and six record with a bad tie break. I mean, they're going to have to go under 500. They're going to beat the Jaguars. They're going to be eight and four. It's going to be a get-right game, and if they finish ten and six or ten and seven, they're going to make the playoffs. Chris, I mean, I don't see the I don't see them missing the playoffs. So if they miss the playoffs, yes, a coach that of a team that went seven and one to missing the playoffs when in sub five hundred record means you miss the playoffs with a bad tiebreak because somebody else with a sub five hundred record makes it. They could maybe only win two more games. So if they're nine and eight. I will say this. If they miss the playoffs, then yes, that's not an overreaction. Just the supposition that they missed the playoffs to me is an overreaction right now in itself. Well, I was so. just going to do that, but I wanted to like. Okay. No, I got be it. Be nice about it. Okay. What else you that's got possible. over there, Chris? It's possible. I'm not going to be nice about this, though. Okay. The Bengals put the final nail in Big Ben's coffin. Yeah, that that is. Um, that was awful. That is something I will say is. An overreaction because the Steelers are only 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. If that is indicative of their play for the rest of the year, then yes, they just put the final nail in the Big Ben coffin. Now, you could just say alone the fact that he's lost in Ohio, which never used to happen. Right is an indication that his run is over. Well, I wanted to say that Steelers should bench him for but the rest the, of the year. But Mason Rudolph is not is not even remotely What about Dwayne Haskins? As, is he just playing with his phone? Like, what's going I, on? I don't know. 
But it, clearly, he's not He's not better than Big Ben. Really? Yeah. Because that was terrible. Yeah, I know. The Steelers but, can't keep marching that out. But it's not all his fault. Dude, they didn't stop Joe Mixon. Who Was Big Ben sitting there? They couldn't stop Joe Mixon. They couldn't stop T. Yo, Higgins. Last, they couldn't stop. That last pick six, like, you could have scored. Of course, terrible. I understand that was I mean, terrible, but it was a team effort about how terrible it was, and they were just 5-5-1. Five, five and one which is the top of sniffing it right now in the AFC, they could make a run and make the playoffs in the AFC, no question about it. And I know I'm going higher register right now, but I'll just call it an overreaction for the moment that they're done. I already said he was washed earlier this season. And you were right. Right. Well, I mean, yesterday he looked that way. It's like, it's my cube was washed. But I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, but in terms of this season, it's not over at all. They're, they're still in the mix. And they got the Ravens this week. If they beat the Ravens, and suddenly they're back in the mix. They're only one win away from being back in the mix, which makes this an overreaction. Hence the second. Understood. That's. I'm not saying you're wrong for asking it. Oh, I'm what asking. else you got over there? All right, 49ers, guys. They're playing the best football in the NFC. That's an overreaction. In the NFC? Best in the football, NFC. Best, best football? Uh, I think you uh, saw the best. Missing, yeah. yeah, you saw what happened. What? You, you saw bank? what happened yesterday. Uh, I think Arizona. Arizona. I'm still, well, no, no, I know that the Arizona Cardinals have been gone for a they week. They were on a bye. Like, they were on a bye, and, and dude, got... it's been a month since yeah, we saw Kyler Murray play a game, and he lost that game. And it's been a month since we've I seen DeAndre Arizona. Hopkins play a game, and they lost that game. Right. So Green let's Bay. just let's just put a beat in it right now. They're playing terrific football. Terrific. But they can't stop. Nobody can stop their run game. The Packers look terrific, man. Their mm. defense looks terrific. AJ Dillon looks terrific. You know we're. They're playing the best football in the NFC right now, I think. And this then the week. Niners are, are close. Plus, Jimmy G, man, he just airmailed a couple yesterday. It's just, they were he lucky some of those enough, didn't get though. picked. He does just enough. Right. What else you got over there, Chris? All They're right. playing we, terrific football, though. We've been talking about this guy a lot this year. But he's won four games in a row, and he's looked really good doing it. Tua is going to be the Dolphins starter in 2022. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Like, all this Deshaun yes. Watson talk, over, over. They're not even going to be in the mix. It's hey, all too all Hoskins, the time. can you put up the Dolphins uh, schedule all from here on out? Would you time. mind doing that for me, please? The Dolphins schedule. They play the Jets and Giants next. Okay. Why? I'm coming off wins. Uh, yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, that's true. There's a lot of momentum. They're on a bye. Then they play. Uh, they play. There's a bye in between the Jets and the Giants. Both of them at home. They don't have to get on a plane. They haven't gotten on a plane in, in since they came home from the Jets. At New Orleans, at Tennessee versus New England. They can make a nice little run here. And Tua's looking really good. Looking and really they're, good. RPO, they're RPOing really good. their heads off. Waddle, Waddle might be offensive rookie of the year, maybe? Well, no, no. That's, that, that, that belongs to Najee Harris as far as I'm concerned. Mac Jones, you mean? That's true, too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Quick note about the Saints. We see them on the Dolphins schedule. Looks like they're going to make a QB change. Taysom Hill getting first team yeah, reps. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to try. I mean, it's it. The Trevor Simeon project is over. He's a backup QB. He's supposed to get you through two, three games, not not nine of them. Hopefully, Kamara's back on that field. Hopefully, they need him. All right, some positivity here, even though I didn't like what I saw yesterday. Despite the Denver omelet, laying an egg, Denver omelet, nice. Chargers primed for a playoff berth. They're the current seven seed. Yeah. They have a more favorable schedule than the Broncos, who just beat them. The Chargers are just... I, I mean, I'm ready for them to string some of these together. I'm ready for Herbert to just go on a nice six-week run. I, they just make too many damn mistakes. 
I I don't know. I mean, but then you're thinking who else is going to come out of the AFC? I mean, big big game against the Bengals. The Steelers yeah. could, but they've already got the tie break on the Steelers. The Bengals come here or they go there? That's in Cincinnati. I got to I'm genuinely concerned for them. You know, but they do have a game against the Giants, Houston. They're home for Denver. They should win that and then they go to Vegas. All right, so I'll I'll, I'll buy that one then. I'll I'll say it's not an overreaction. I'll I'll say it. But I saw it against the Patriots. Just to, by the way, the end of uh, yeah, not that long ago, right? At, at the at the end of October. What else over there, Chris? Okay, every single week I come on here and I say, so and so is the front runner for the MVP. Changes every week. It's Lamar Jackson. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Mahomes. Now I'm going the other way. There is not an MVP front runner through twelve. That's weeks. true. That is not an overreaction. There's at all. no way you can make a case for about ten guys. You could make a case for about 10 guys, including Jonathan Taylor, right? Jonathan for the Taylor, to Kyler, Brady, I think is the favorite right now with Josh Allen. Like, I, no idea. If I had to peg a favorite, it's Tom Brady. Yeah. There's no doubt about Even it. Even though he's only thrown dude, three tutties no in the last two games? Like, what do you mean? There's no doubt in my mind. If I had to choose one right now, it's Tom Brady. At age 44. The Colts fans yesterday had to be like, really? Again? Again? What are they putting his statue up in? Again? <laughs> he lost the big game. At Andy. age 44. He's not a statue at here. age 44, every Colt fan, when he took the field after they tied the game at 31 31, said, you know what? Even though we just ran it eight times in a 10 play drive with Jonathan Taylor, we should have taken longer. They knew it. We knew it. Wherever Peyton Manning was, he knew it. <laughs> Seriously. You got one more? I got one more. It's oh, oh. One more, one more. Lincoln more. Riley. Riley's going to have USC back in the playoff in three years. You think we need one more? All right, we'll get one more. Thanks, Brock. Maybe even less. I need to I, was, I want to say less than three years. That's an overreaction. I'll just say that right Oof. now. Good luck. If they go undefeated in the Pac-12, they're luck. in. Good luck. They're in. Good luck. Yeah. Okay. Let's see how they can do that. All right. I heard that all the time about Harbaugh, didn't I, too? Oh, took seven years for us to finally, hopefully, get one win, one win against Iowa away. <laughs> you have no idea how this is going to be the longest week ever. Neutral field, though. you got to feel good about that. Oh, of course. At, if that's at Iowa. Oh, though, dude, if it's at Iowa, I already, yeah, I already say, yeah, what, yeah. What, what, what December 30th bowl game can we be in? That's the way I would be feeling. But you yeah. know what? Negative thoughts are gone. Calling the team. Negative right. thoughts are oh, gone. Vibes only. Good vibes only. Negative thoughts are gone. I need, to, I, need to, I need to pace myself. It's going to be a long week. So here's how I'm going to spend Alan the time Ray's in between. Bowl. By telling every Ohio State fan that I know, hello. <laughs> how you doing? Just wanted to check back in with you. Just checking in. Let's say they beat you next year. Like, would you? Who be cares? Like, you just won one. I mean, I mean, I'm saying. I, I just no, no. I, I, I want to be. Of course, I, mean, I want to be greedy. What if I beat him? If you, what, if you, what sort of, what sort of question is that? What if they beat you next year? Uh, you know, uh, Mike. What if they beat me in three years from now? What if I beat them next year? It doesn't matter. Right now, Mike. Throwing it out there. Of course, it's entirely possible. No, but you not even your, you not even it. your, you know, bizarre way of looking at sports is going to get me down. <laughs> That's funny. I have a great bizarre way of looking at sports. Not even your bizarre way of looking at sports is going to get me down. So. Hey, Rich, quick injury update came through while we were talking yep. to Bruce. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's going on IR for a second time. That means he's out for the season. He can't stay healthy. Disappointing year again for him. Uh, Dalvin Cook tore his labrum while dislocating his oh. shoulder yesterday. 
not going to be season-ending, though. Hopefully he can come back after a few games off for the playoffs if the Vikings make it. And then last night we saw Jack Conklin for the Browns, who came back from injury to play last night. Torres Patel attending. He's out for the rest of the year. And Aaron Rodgers does not plan to have surgery on his toe right now. Oh, Yeah, I wouldn't touch that toe. He's hoping the bye week uh, can rest and improve it. Just put his feet up. Talk to McAfee. Don't put him on camera, though. Yeah, you don't need to. What, his feet? Yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to. Like I said, it's just a, it might have been a Thanksgiving gift for Rex Ryan. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> He's all over there. <laughs> Stop that. Oh, what a day. This is great. This is what, this is what, I, this is what I, I thought the day on the Rich Eisen show on the Monday after beating Ohio State would feel like. You know, that we're all here together, feeling good, right? Feeling good. Yeah. Like I should. That's the way it is, man. I just, uh, it's, it's, it's so great. 